1: Welcome to the pastor's study. Today we're going to talk about the story of old Simeon. 2,000 years ago there was an old Jewish man named Simeon and God said to Simeon, you won't die till you see the Messiah. And so old Simeon is in the temple and Mary and Joseph bring the baby Jesus to get circumcised and Simeon takes the salvation of the world into his arms. It's a beautiful story. Would you turn with me? Let's study and learn all we can from Old Simeon, Luke chapter 2, and let's pray. Father, we do pray as we read these verses that you will speak to each of us about how you have us live our final years. And Lord, all the lessons we're supposed to learn, Holy Spirit, come and speak. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 2, Jesus has just been born. He's eight days old, about to get circumcised. And here is the verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 21. And when eight days had passed before Jesus' circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification were over... Okay, let's stop here. First lesson today, Jesus' circumcision was the first shedding of his blood. Little eight-day-old Jewish boys get circumcised. That's keeping the covenant that God made with Abraham, 2000 B.C. And so little Jesus, probably for the first time, sheds his blood. Point being, Jesus is going to be a very Jewish little boy. Jesus was Jewish. Do not despise the Jews. Jesus was Jewish. Look at verse 23, and when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the Old Testament law of the Lord, quote, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according uh, to the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves. Now, let me explain this. There are two separate ceremonies going on in those verses. The first is called the purification of the mother. When a Jewish mother had a baby she was unclean for eight days and she would hide herself for 33 days. At the end of that time the mother would uh, go into the temple for her purification and so they sacrificed two turtle doves. That's the purification of the mother. The second ceremony going on here is called the redemption of the firstborn son. God could have said to the Jews, all your firstborn sons are mine, they need to come and be priests at the temple. Instead God said, no, I'll choose the Levite tribe, they'll be my priests, but when you have a firstborn son, you do need to come to the temple and redeem that child and there was a price to be paid for that. So two different ceremonies. The purification of Mary in all Jewish mothers and the redemption of Jesus as the firstborn son. Here's my point. Jesus perfectly fulfilled the law for us. <clears throat> you and I break God's law more than we keep it in thought, word, and deed. So God becomes a man, Jesus, and Jesus perfectly fulfills the Jewish law for us that nobody ever could. Next lesson, verse 24. What they gave for Mary was, quote, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Here's the next lesson. Jesus' family was poor. We know that from this verse. The Old Testament uh, prescription was you offer a lamb for the mother's purification. But if you're poor, you can offer two turtle doves. Joseph and Mary offer two turtle doves. My point is Jesus was poor. Can I make the point again? The prosperity gospel stinks. Lots of TV preachers, you will see them preaching, Jesus wants you healthy, Jesus wants you wealthy. And and I heard one awful TV evangelist railing against these people that don't think I should have my own private jet. And I'm thinking, come on. You know, you send us lots of money in this program, I'm not buying a jet, we're gonna pay more money to send our TV show all over the place. That's what, you know, uh, Jesus was poor. Look at verse 25. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Here's the next lesson. Wait for God to keep his promises. Somehow God had promised Simeon a savior, and he's waiting for that. Let me ask you this. Do you wait for God to keep his promises? What I mean by that is, do you read your Bible regularly? And when you read it, there's a promise. There's lots of promises in the Bible. Maybe underline it, but at least stop and pray it into your life. Okay, God, it says you're going to take care of my needs. So, Lord, I trust one way or another you're going to take care of my needs. Here's another promise that you forgive the sins of those who are in Christ. So, God, I confess my sins. I trust you're going to forgive my sins. So, So when you read the Bible daily, hopefully, Stop and pray the promises over your life. Next lesson, verse 26. And it had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Here's the next lesson. Be open to the Holy Spirit's revelation. We don't know how the Holy Spirit told him, you'll see the baby before you die. But in some way, he did. So are you open to letting the Holy Spirit talk to you? The Holy Spirit talks in all kinds of ways. Sometimes he talks to you through another person. Sometimes he talks to you through a sermon. Sometimes you might get a dream. The main way the Holy Spirit speaks to us is when we read the Bible. And you have to tell I mean, I've said it on this TV show before. Dreams come from one of three places. God, the devil, or Pizza. And the devil can give you a dream that you think is from God. You've got to test it against the written word of God. The Holy Spirit who inspired the Bible never contradicts the Bible. So if you have a dream that you think is from God and it contradicts the Bible, you throw the dream out and you go with the Bible. But be open to the Holy Spirit speaking to you. <clears throat> I, was, I mean, a while ago, I had a question for the Lord. And I'm laying on my bed listening to the New Testament being read to me. You can get is on your iPhone and it'll read the Bible to you and while I'm listening to the Bible one verse just leapt out and was the answer to my question so be open to the Holy Spirit speaking to you verse 27 and when Simeon came in the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law then he took Jesus into his arms and blessed God Here's the next lesson. There are no coincidences. you think it's a coincidence that Simeon just happened to be in the temple the moment Joseph and Mary brought Jesus in? I don't think so. There are no coincidences. You know what I try not to say anymore? Good luck. There is no such thing as luck there is no such thing as as fortune it's it what it is it's called providence providence means God controls everything even the details of life even who walks into the temple when Uh, let me give you an example years ago my sister from Omaha comes up to Minneapolis on business and she invites me to have dinner with her at the hotel that she was at so I drove out to Plymouth and went to a hotel i would never been at never been at it since I walk into the place. Here's a man from my church with a woman who was not his wife. Hello pastor! Uh, And you know, was that a coincidence? I don't think so. I think that was God putting me in his face to say, stop it! And sadly, he divorced his wife and, and went with that gal. But Christian, try not to see anything as luck try to believe, Jesus said, a bird doesn't fall to the ground apart from our Father. It's not luck, it's providence, the providence of God. Uh, Let's look, before we go to the next verse though, the next verse is called the Nunc Dimittis. That's Latin for now let me depart. The Christians have been singing the Nunc Dimittis in liturgy since the 300s AD. I grew up singing the Nunc Dimittis in the Lutheran church. I can still do it. It's from age eight. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a lie to light in the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Anyway, that's called the Nukdominis. It's what Simeon says once he sees the baby. Let's learn from the Nukdominis verse twenty nine. Here's what it is. And he, Simeon says, "Now, Lord, let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel." Now, let's let's stop here. Here's the main lesson that I want you to get from this story. God keeps his promises. If he says you're gonna see Jesus before you die, you're gonna see Jesus. If God says in the Bible the second coming of Christ is gonna happen, it is gonna happen. We don't know when, but you know the, the, the job of the Christian is to just trust and wait for God to keep his promises. Uh, I'll tell you. did you ever see a movie, Walt Disney movie from the 50's called Gray Friars Bobby? It's about this little dog, it's a true story. In fact, I've gone to Edinburgh to Greyfriars uh, Cemetery, and you can see it, um, there was this terrier that saw his master get buried in a graveyard in Edinburgh, Scotland, and saw the, the plot that the master was, was laid down into. For the rest of the dog's life, he would go and sit on the grave of his master every day, when the dog died, they, they buried Greyfriars Bobby in, in the graveyard. They have a, a, a statue of this dog on top of the grave. <laughs> you know, I think that's a picture of the Christian life. Christian, we are just to hang on, wait and wait and wait and wait for God to keep his promises. Many of them come true in this life. Some of them don't come true until your next life, but God keeps all of his promises one way or another. Verse 31. Jesus is going to be a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Here's the next lesson Jesus brings light to Gentiles. Now, the word Gentiles means non Jews, so almost everybody is a Gentile. So, the reason Jesus came was to give light, knowledge to the Gentiles. You know, it's tragic. Most Gentiles are still in darkness. I mean, I've told you on this show going to see the blood sacrifices to the Hindu goddess Kali in Nepal. It was, it was just such darkness. But you get it here too. Walk into uh, Barnes and Nobles bookstore. Go see how huge the New Age section is and you can see all the superstition and darkness in America. But Jesus came to bring light, wisdom, knowledge to the Gentiles. Uh, and then the, the next thing Jesus brought in verse 32 and the glory of your people Israel. Here's the next lesson. Jesus brings glory to Israel. Think of this. When Jesus was born about the year 1 AD, Israel was this tiny country under the thumb of Rome. Back then most people had not heard about Israel, but today everybody knows about Israel. Why? Because Jesus was Jewish Jesus is the one who made the Jews famous. You know, they might not believe in him, most of them. Some do, but most don't believe in Christ that are Jewish. But he's their glory, whether they know it or not. Verse 33. And Jesus' mother and father were amazed at the things which were being said about Jesus. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel. Here's the next lesson. You either fall or rise on Jesus. Jesus is like this big rock in the middle of your road. Either you will stumble over that rock and fall, or you'll stand on that rock and rise. But one way or another, your eternity will be determined by what you did with Jesus. I have a brother, and I don't know if he ever goes to church. I I don't think he does. Some years ago, Mom died, and after Mom died, I had a dream where I heard a voice say to my brother, you need to repent of your sins and get into a good church or you're not going to heaven. I woke up and I wondered, do I tell my brother this dream? I prayed about it and I called him, got the answering machine. Mark, I had a dream about you last night. If you want to hear it, please give me a call. Well, he never called. But a few months later he called and we're talking and I'm struggling on whether I should bring this dream up or not. I'm thinking I probably won't because he never called. And then my brother says, isn't it sad that mom died? Yeah, people go and who knows what happens to them. And I said, Mark, I had a dream. And the dream was God was saying to you, you need to repent of your sins and get into a good church or you're not going to heaven. Well, he kind of moved on. I said it a second time. The dream was you need to repent of your sins, get into a good church, or you're not going to heaven. That was some years ago now. I don't know what he's doing with, with all that. But, Christian, our job is to tell people there's this rock in the middle of the road. His name is Jesus. You either stumble over him or you rise with him. But one way or another, you better deal with him. Verse 35, and now he's, Simeon's talking to Mary, and a sword will pierce even your own heart, Mary, your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Here's the last lesson. Jesus reveals what's in our hearts. Jesus comes to earth, and what do we do with him? We kill him. When Jesus came to earth, he revealed to us how wicked we are. I mean, when somebody says to me, Oh, Tom, God knows your heart. (laughs) That's never been a comfort. That's the problem. God knows my heart, and I don't like what's in there. When Jesus comes into your life, you you see what's in your heart, and you go, yuck. And boy, don't I need a Savior. Here's the way it says in John 3. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been carried out by God. So, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, Pastor, I have to battle such wicked thoughts. One guy said, even when I'm praying, I get these evil sexual thoughts. It makes me wonder if I'm saved. And I said, I think that's proof you are saved. The fact that you're battling them shows you're a Christian. And the fact that you're getting these wicked thoughts from the devil while you're trying to pray, Satan's after you. That means you're a Christian. <laughs> so, um, so let me just close the sermon by asking you the question, where is your heart right now? with Jesus. There is a story that a Christian worker was going door-to-door, handing out postcards, inviting people to church. Here was the postcard. Can we show you the picture here? Famous picture of Jesus standing at the door and knocking at the door of your heart. And the story goes that this was on a postcard and the dad took the picture and put it on the refrigerator. He, they weren't a religious family, but they liked the card. And that night at dinner, the little girl says, Daddy, who is that man, and why is he knocking at that door? And the dad really didn't want to talk about it, kind of ignored the question. Daddy, who is that man, and why is he knocking at that door? And finally, she was so insistent that the father says, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and that he changed the subject. Oh, but, 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 but Daddy, why is he knocking at that door? And, well, that's the door of your heart. He wants to come into your heart. And Dad changed the subject. And Well, but Daddy, why don't they let him in? And that question so got to the Father. The whole family was in church the next week. I want to close by just asking you the question, where is your heart right now with the Lord? I want to sing a song about this picture. This is an old hymn written many years ago about that picture.
2: O Jesus, thou art standing outside the fast-closed door in lowly patience waiting to cross the threshold o'er. O love that passeth knowledge, so patiently to wait. O sin that hath no equal, so fast to bar the gate. O Jesus, Thou art knocking, and lo, that hand is scarred, and thorns Thy brow encircle, and tears Thy face have marred. Shame on us, Christian brethren, His name and sign who bear. O shame, thrice shame upon us to keep Him standing there. O Jesus, Thou art pleading In accents meek and low I died for you, my children And will ye treat me so? O Lord, with shame and sorrow We open now the door Dear Savior, enter, enter, and leave us never more.
3: Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights. To answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. If you have a question you'd like Pastor Brock to answer, please feel free to send it to our website at the end of the program, which you'll be seeing. Pastor Brock, you talked about, said, you said Jesus was poor. Are you saying that it's wrong for a Christian to be rich? It's
1: not a sin to be rich. In fact, Paul deals with that in First Timothy. And Paul says, Timothy, in, instruct the rich of this world not to set their hope on riches, but to be generous in good works, etc. So it's not a sin to be rich. It's what you do with it. And, and uh, you can be a rich Christian and be generous with your giving to the work of the Lord, etc. So no, no not, and also in First Timothy, it never says money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money. Is the root of all evil. So, if you're a rich Christian, God bless you. Give buckets to missions.
3: Okay. When you talk about tithing, though, should we tithe off of gifts that we yeah. get? Somebody, somebody uh,
1: wrote in this question, and you know, tithing means you take 10% of your income and you give it to the Lord, to the church, or to missions. You know, <clears throat> I, I teach that you give your 10% to your church, and then you give your offerings above the 10% to missions wherever you want to go. This person asked, all right, but what if grandma dies and leaves me $5,000? Do you tithe off, tithe off of that? I do. Why not? You know, it's still, it's still gifts that you're getting from the Lord. I, I don't know of a clear Bible verse on that, so I'm not saying it's biblical one way or another, but why not?
3: Where did the 10% come from? Is that part of the definition of a tithe? Yeah,
1: a tithe is a 10%. 10%. And that came from the okay. Old Testament. The Jews were to give the first you know, yeah. of their uh, fruits to the Lord, 10%.
3: Okay, Pastor Brock, how do you know if something is from the Holy Spirit, or if it's just your emotions or you're caught up in something? Yeah, when Simeon was
1: told by the Holy Spirit, you're not going to die till you see the baby Jesus, it never says how the Holy Spirit told him that. Mm -hmm. So was it a dream? Did a prophet come to him and say, thus says the Lord? We don't know. So I think it's a good question, though. Let's say you have a dream, Jackie, that you and Fred are supposed to move to California and you wake up, what was that, the Lord? Was that God, the devil, or pizza? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I think the the way you test it out is, first of all, what does the Bible say? And the Bible's probably not, not going to tell you whether to move to California or not. So the Bible, in Proverbs, it says, in an abundance of counselors, there's victory. So I get counseling, not literal counseling, but I'll go to various Christians. You know, I had this dream. What do you think of this? I'll pray about it, and then however he does it, God will show you. In fact, James chapter 1 says if you lack wisdom and ask in faith, God will show you. So James chapter 1, you claim that but sometimes it takes a while for God to show you.
3: That was my question for you as you were talking about that. How do you know when you stop asking Mm. about something?
1: Yeah well once you get the answer I guess I mean Jackie I didn't know I was going to be a preacher I thought I was going to be a filmmaker in college and and then I was it made God made it clear through a dream actually that that's not my plan for your life and so it was two and a half years of me praying Lord what am I supposed to be until I got a clear you're supposed to be a preacher and then I stopped asking because I got the clear answer so until you get a clear answer
3: keep knocking that's my thought okay does God actually control absolutely everything
1: I think the answer is yes. Now some Christians, a lot of Christians, don't believe that. Uh, But Jesus said, a bird does not fall to the ground apart from our Father. The very hairs of your head are all numbered. That means God controls details. And to me that's a comfort. I I mean, if I get sick, Jackie, I want God to be in control of that. I don't want Chance or the devil to be in control of that. I want God to be in control of that. I mean, (laughs) do you know what a Calvinist is? The Calvinists are big into predestination. God controls everything. I'm a Lutheran, but I got some Calvinism in me. And the Calvinist joke is: What did the Calvinist say after he fell down the stairs? I wouldn't know. The answer is: whew, Glad that's over with. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's kind of the way I see things.
1: God is in control of everything for our good. Romans eight twenty eight.
3: Yeah. Well, for our good, we have to wrap this show up, <laughs> okay. and we want to thank you for being with us this week. We pray that God would be with you granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you
0: for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org or write the Pastor Study, PO Box 41294. Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.